the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Good to be with you again for Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call and join the conversation. One of the greatest things that I believe, a couple of things I believe. I believe that one of the greatest problems that we have in our state and across the country, actually, in the philosophies of education is that we are focused too much on graduation and not education, meaning that it seems to be that we take test scores and graduation rates and rather than help those numbers increase, and they're dismal in our uh, public government school system, they're dismal numbers, rather than figuring out maybe there's better ways for us to help parents, you know, help uh, kids learn, rather than even taking a look at the whole system and look at how money is being spent. Um, We simply lower the standards so that more people can graduate even though they can't read. And that's graduation, not education. And there is a reality to just life is that you're going to have to be educated in order to maintain a job, in order to get a job, in order to keep your job and educated in the right things and educated in reality. You know, reality is always going to bat last. You know, reality is persistent. It will always rear its head eventually. And the reality of this world Regardless of what you think in school, my kids say it and I said it. I'm probably most kids say, I don't know why I'm doing this math class. When am I ever going to need to do this? You know, well, you're going to need it. There's something you're even if you don't use the specific math, you are developing something in your brain. When you learn how to do it, you are learning how to solve problems. Everybody's job, everybody's career or everybody's whatever it is that you're doing. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you've got major problems. You've got a lot of calculus that you've got to do to maintain that house and to take care of the kids and to diagnose problems. There's so much work you've got to do, and a lot of it has to do with how your brain is developed in school. You know, I never understood why we needed to learn state capitals. You still do that? Do people even, why do I need to know all the state capitals? And finally, somebody explained it to me one time. They said, it has nothing to do with the state capitals. It has to do with developing your ability to memorize, to develop your brain's ability to retain information. And you're just developing that and new neurons grow and there's all kinds of new science and stuff about that that matters. My son, James, is in, uh, he does robotics at his school. And, you know, that's the, the course where you, you build robots, basically. And uh, that is an incredible thing. You know, if your kids or grandkids are in school, they that's a great class to take or some places it's an extracurricular or something to do. And I think that's because the future is going to be robots, right? If you want to have a job, you want to have a career, you're probably going to have to work on robots. You know, the the eventual McDonald's job 
now that the minimum wage is going to be much higher than what the cost is of putting a robot in there, the eventual fast food job is to be the maintenance guy on the fly uh, cooking machine, right? The eventual job and the job that will never go away is the job of somebody who can be a mechanical engineer for all of the robotics that are going to be everywhere. And I like that. I like that that he's taking that. I think that it's a, a smart thing to get involved in. And maybe if your school doesn't offer it, your school doesn't have it, there's there's ways to get involved. You know, education isn't always in a classroom. You know, there are lots of people, maybe lots of you, who are very self-educated. Maybe you struggled in school, you didn't do so well, or you had stuff going on in your life, and school was just a, a complicated thing. But later on, you decided to crack the books, and you decided you had an interest, something that you like, and you got educated. See, it's that education that will carry you into life. It, it's the education that helps you understand things. Incidentally, you know, on the, the Christian side of things, why is there such a problem with Christians knowing their Bible? A big part of it is we don't know how to read either. You know, how are you going to read the Bible if uh, only, uh, what, 39% of Californians know how to read beyond a third grade level? Uh, you know, that translates all over the place. Um, the robotics class, what I'm didn't know about it is that it requires journaling, it requires record keeping, it requires the ability to write, the ability to use language, not just computer language, but actual English language. The to actually be able to write, here's the steps, here's what we tried, here's what didn't work, and here's why, here's what worked, and here's how we fixed it, and here's what you know, you have to create a journal and write all of this stuff. And that's what you're going to have to do later in life if you're building a machine or you're involved with whatever. You have to write stuff down. There's probably no job that I can even think of where there isn't some requirement to be able to write coherently. There's probably no job, certainly not a career-oriented job, where there's not at some point the, the need to actually be able to do some kind of math. Maybe you've got a construction job and you never have to write anything down, but you've got to measure things. And you, you know, if you want to uh, grow in that job, if you want to get promoted, if you want to be another thing, you're going to have to learn how to do certain things. Your brain is going to have to be able to function. All that is to say that when we read stories like what we're hearing now in the state of Oregon, and it's coming soon to California, where we're just simply not going to require students to be proficient in math, science, or English, that leads me to my second point. I think that when we do this, we are doing tremendous harm to students of all kinds. And usually it is the students who do the worst are students who are on the lower end of the economic spectrum or students who uh, often are uh, people of color, as the Oregonians are saying, uh, as the test scores are showing. And it's not helping. And I think that this is really the civil rights issue of our day, to be honest with you, that we are taking our education system and not educating people. And when you do that, you almost guarantee that they will struggle in life, that they will have poverty. And my thinking is that you don't uh, just say, okay, maybe this doesn't work for for different people, so let's just not educate them. That's the decision that's getting made. Uh, this is about Oregon's education. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. 
Uh, Oregon test scores are that only 39% of students are proficient in reading uh, by the third grade. So that means already 60%, 61% of students are already failing um, in the third grade. California's numbers are worse. How do we think we're going to deal with this? This is a controversial decision and one that's facing a lot of pushback. While some say the decision will lower state standards and cheapen an Oregon diploma, the Oregon Department of Education tells me this policy simply didn't work and disproportionately harms students of color. See, I'd love to know what you think about that. I don't buy it because I think that part of the problem in our school system is how we fund it. I think that if you are in a a poorer neighborhood, you get less funding because it's based on property tax. And if property values are less, you're going to get less. I think that should be changed immediately. That's crazy. I think that rather than go through a system of saying, well, we're not going to test people because maybe certain people groups or maybe certain uh, however you want to divide people, which is what is causing is division, that somehow these kids aren't capable. I don't buy that at all. That's that's where I think there's there's racism. But if if there's some kind of truth to saying, okay, maybe some people need to learn differently, I think there's some truth to that, then teach differently. But you can't you cannot just take a generation of kids and say, you know what? Test scores are bad, and it's embarrassing for us administrators to point out that our test scores are bad. So we're just not going to count that anymore. So we're just going to say, you know what, it just doesn't matter anymore. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Did you catch that? Five years. They're going to they're going to delay this for five years. Think about that. How many generate? How many kids is that? So you are already struggling. You're probably already in trouble. Your senior year, and uh, more than half do not have proficiencies in areas that in real life you're going to have to have proficiency at. And what we're going to do is just not worry about it. We're just going to graduate you anyway. And not just the seniors, but the juniors and the sophomores and the freshmen and the eighth graders and the seventh graders. They're just not even there yet. It's, it is mind-boggling. And what's the reason? Democratic Governor Kate Brown signed the bill. It's Senate Bill 744. And I'm telling you this because this is coming right here in California. Uh, this is this is what they wrote here. in the The, the bill last month passed without much attention. That is the problem. Nobody's paying attention. People in California don't pay attention. That's why we got crazy bills. They're not paying attention in Oregon either. What do you think about this, Jose? So I actually have a question. Yeah. So if they're not going to count the test scores because they're doing so bad, what about the kids that are actually doing good? Say they want to like apply to a college or university. They take those test scores, but wait, they don't have the test scores show so how are they going to get in even if they're not doing as bad as other people yeah the concern is that is being raised is exactly that basically that what about the kids who want to go to college who have been working really hard to be proficient are people going to take a look at oregon and say well we can't trust those graduates because we don't know if they really know anything and a lot of people believe that this new law is going to uh, penalize every single person that it's not going to do that it is not going to educate the people who need the help and the people who do get educated, you know, the half of the kids who are educated and uh, they're going to be looked down upon as like, maybe you didn't actually achieve anything. How do you know? 
I'm all for making changes if the change works, but I am not for taking away people's education. People have to be able to think. I, I think it's wrong. I think it's morally wrong to not educate people. All of the studies say, you know, that the a person who is educated, that the a person who is able to uh, do the basic things, that the odds of that person be ever becoming homeless, the odds of that person ever struggling, you know, financially are very low. You know, basically get educated, not just graduated, but get educated, basic education. Don't have a kid before you're married uh, and don't become uh, an alcoholic or a drug addict. If that's you, the chances of you ever becoming homeless, the chances of you ever you know, getting into a situation in life where even you uh, end up in prison or other things are very low, very, very low. However, people who don't get the education that they need people who struggle with those things, um, all of those people, the odds go up way very high. And we know that from every other study. It is a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. I think that this is something also to speak out about. In, now that we're paying attention to what happens in the school boards, and now that we're beginning to pay attention to what happens in uh, Sacramento, what happens in these places, this is part of it. Yes, I think parents need to be talking about parents' rights, and we need to be involved as parents in our local schools. We need to be talking about um, the the indoctrination of the new sexual ethic, which doesn't work, which, by the way, there's already – there's a new lawsuit, by the way. This is what's coming in all of this, by the way. It, what's eventually happening with the whole gender thing is eventually hospitals and the American Academy of Pediatrics – they're going to get sued into the Stone Age, if that's a thing you can say. Um, and those lawsuits are already happening. Several lawsuits are now being filed, and American Academy of Pediatrics is getting sued. The hospitals who are doing the surgeries are being sued, all of this stuff. Because um, what happens is when a kid gets a little bit older and they have this treatment, they, didn't, they realize, I didn't want that. I didn't need that. I didn't know what I was getting into. And you convinced me that I need to do these things that altered my life permanently and uh, I was too young to make that decision. And I think they're going to win those cases eventually. I think that will uh, probably bring it in to a lot of this. But I don't think that our our looking at schools needs to end just at the moral issues like that. I think that educating kids is a moral issue. I think that it is a society-building issue. We were talking last hour about civilization. You can't have a civilization with kids you don't want to educate. And graduation is worthless if you didn't actually learn something, if you can't actually function in real life. That's what I'm thinking, you know, with with my son in his robotics class, he's learning all kinds of skills. He may not go into engineering. He may not have anything to do with robotics or whatever career he ends up in. But he is able to have skills that are going to translate into work, into jobs, into making a living. Now, if California keeps going down the tubes, he'll have to leave the state because no one will be able to afford to live here. But someplace you will be able to afford to live. And, you know, I just don't understand why we are so um, unable to see that as a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show on social media if you'd like to do that. You can also watch us right now on KKLA.com. So Oregon's going to have a big fight over that. There are sides, you know, that are 
coming out. Oregon is the same state that uh, recently legalized the uh, magic mushrooms. So now you can not learn your math, not learn your English, not uh, learn how to do science. Uh, You can change your gender and get high and become a whole state uh, full of people who you probably shouldn't be, uh, you know, loggers because the trees are just going to fall on you or something. Right. It is the wildest thing. This is something to also pray against. Yesterday, we were talking about how to pray and uh, things to pray for. We need to we need to pray for our education system. You know, if you're thinking, I don't know what to pray for. Pray for that. You know, pray for the good teachers that we have, that they would have more flexibility in the classroom. Pray that you know, I was talking to a teacher the other day. And uh, I said, why don't you guys just bail on uh, all the uh, administration outside of the school and you teachers just come together and say, how do we educate these kids better? And he looked at me and he goes, you know, everybody at the school secretly agrees with you, but we're not allowed to consider any of that. He said, most of us teachers, we really actually do want to spend more time with the kids. We want to see them educated. We want to really help the kids who are struggling the most. We want to get involved there, but we're not allowed to. And we're not really allowed to discuss it. Is that true? Is that the uh, the feeling there? I, he was pretty convincing about that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. When I was getting at this as a, as a civil right, I do believe this is a... Um, the civil rights issue of our time, because this always comes back to uh, people of color, it says, is what they're saying in Oregon, are the ones who need the most help with this. So we're just not going to require uh, these skills in order to graduate. But I think that does harm. I think that it puts people in a position where they are unable to function. And maybe it has more to do with economics than race, but I wonder, you know, when we're seeing you know, an awful lot of anti-Semitism around and uh, suddenly we're trying to figure out whether or not we need to condemn that. I wonder, you know, what other areas are we not talking about because of other politics, but we're really just hurting people? I think that there's a lot. I think education is where that is. I see a bunch of calls up here, but I'm not sure I can I can grab them. Uh, so, um all right, we're getting there. All right, so I'll get to your calls here in just a a second on on those. I know it's an important issue. Um, I'm talking about this because I think that it's another area that we can't ignore. I'm I'm concerned that that this is another place where every parent, every grandparent, every person needs to pay attention as this election comes up here in just a few weeks. It's really just weeks away because. If you want our country to get better, you know, as we're looking at these colleges and these protests where so many kids are actually just ignorant of what the world is like, that's one of the things that you're seeing. That's an education issue. That's There are people who are led to believe a lot of stuff that's just not true. All right, let me see if I can get to the phones here. 888-528-2557. Annette in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. Um, nice to talk to you again, Pastor Scott. I always appreciate your knowledge in so many different subjects and Enjoy talking to you and listening to your, you know, the different subjects that you talk about. Thank you, Annette. Education is a, pas- a passion to me because um, I did homeschool and also I have worked at CSUN. And I recently uh, worked at CSUN in the last year and they were mostly um, people who were immigrants who were making the best of their life in um, 
doing um, uh, taking math mm-hmm. and taking uh, taking science, and um, they they were doing very well. I saw females and males doing extremely well. So there's still a situation where young people can work really, really hard, even if it's later in life, Yes, which is where they want to go. And the reason why they were so enthusiastic is because their parents came from nothing. And I think that changes how you behave towards education. Mm. So if you were brought up in a situation where it always seems like everything fell in your lap, then you're going to not appreciate Education, you, become, not fight you become entitled, you know, to whatever you think. You know, you mentioned parents. I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, parents have got to teach the value of education, you know, and I think that it is, it's hard when you're a kid and you don't see the value. Why am I being forced to do all of this? And especially when it's hard. Uh, you realize it later, though, uh, in life. And that I got to take a break and uh, uh, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, I see your calls, uh, Carol and David and John and Julie. I'll get to your calls uh, as we return here in just a moment. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give me a follow. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We're talking about education, and uh, I want to get your calls. Uh, You've been waiting for a while here. John in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, John. You with us? Yes, hi. Go ahead, John. Well, hey, uh, I'm calling regarding the subject matter that's being talked about, and I'm not so certain that it's actually uh, about the lowering of the standards, but the type of education that's being offered. I mean, the there has been a total departure of any trades education in schools, and there's also... A, uh, a misnomer on, on how students learn. They, different students learn different ways. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that all these guys, all these students end up on a college career track is ridiculous because some of them don't have the mindset for that. Well, and you can make an awful lot of money as a welder. Uh, you can make, there's a lot of careers out there. And, you know, and I think, John, uh, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You make a good point that part of what the direction we need to be going. And if you just joined us, I was talking in the last uh, uh, segment about Oregon and coming soon to California is reducing its standards and not going to count test scores uh, in order to graduate, meaning that you don't have to show proficiency in math, English, or science in order to graduate. And uh, this is what I think is, I think it's a human rights issue, and I think it is um, a civil rights issue, and I also think it's a it's a national crisis when we graduate people without educating them and we turn people you know sometimes we send people to college too and they get some stupid degree that doesn't translate into jobs or any job that makes money you know as a career Um, how do we change the system and i realize there's private school and there's homeschooling and that if you can do that that's what you should do for the sake of your kids but public school is inevitable it's going to be here it's something that 
uh, cannot continue in the same way that it's going. Carol in Costa Mesa, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm a substitute teacher, and I was at a school um, in Orange County that barred me from them, even though I've been a substitute for 18 years, because I brought in uh, my own knowledge of the book of Jonah when I saw the lesson on Nineveh um, that was mentioned in their history. So you were studying um, ancient Nineveh in the curriculum, and you brought in the biblical story. Right. Okay. Right. And I was, uh, even though the principal, I think, is even... He, I think he's afraid to toe the line or something. But I could have asked more questions instead of just saying what I knew. I think that was an important feature. Um, but I agree with you that the standards need to be focused on. Uh, students should know timetables by the sixth grade, and a lot of them don't. Yeah. So... And, yeah, the, and, yeah. The, and the thing is, is it's a huge deal. I feel like we've decided it's not a big deal. Thank you for calling, uh, Carol. I feel like we've decided that it doesn't really matter. What matters is graduation rates. What matters is that we get the graduation rate up. And it doesn't matter if they know their times tables or if they understand, you know, how to read at a uh, whatever proficiency is necessary. Um, or they can just learn that later. Um, what do you think about this? 888-528-2557. David in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. I uh, love the biblical perspective you offer in so many different areas. Thank you, David. Um, I've done. I've, I've taught in public school for over 20 years now, and my specialties uh, is uh, college admissions and helping kids go to college. Mm. And you brought up a really good point about um, lowering the standards, and you actually asked the question about how would those kids in Oregon be assessed. Um, as someone who's done this for decades now, I can tell you what, what the colleges are going to look at is the school profile. Every school has one. If not, they should have one. That kind of lays out what the background and what kind of courses they offer in each class. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they're going to assess one kid from another at that school. But to, to answer your bigger question, and I've listened to your show for a long time, and, and I love the options that you, you share uh, and stuff, but I feel like there's one area that I feel like is not being addressed uh, that should be focused on. And I just want to share this just one perspective yeah, as someone who served in a Title I district for 20, over 20 years now. The answer to a lot of our, our struggles as, as, as Christians is, is, I think, comes down to this. We need more Christian teachers in public education. Hmm. I, I know if we have the means, we can pull kids out and send them to private school. But as you said, public school is here to stay. Yeah. And if, you know, we will send people onto mission fields to third world countries, why not see public education as our mission field and the churches rally around these young people and support them in their endeavors? Hmm. And if I can just speak to all the pastors that are listening, get involved in your local schools. I sponsor a club on campus that is uh, for Christian athletes. And so, like, I, I work with different ministries and pastors that come and speak. Churches, stop playing defense. Reach out to those Christian clubs. Provide pizza and drinks and support them in their endeavor. You know, because I think... You can make an impact 
Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm right with you. And I think people don't think they can. I think there's a misunderstanding. Oh, no, they can. And they, they totally can. can. Our church was in all I'm the schools. You, you oh, yeah. can. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you can be in the schools. Yeah, and, and it matters tremendously. I actually, uh, whenever I was hiring a youth director, part of the job uh-huh. description was you will go to the faith club at the high school and the middle school that was down the street from us. Like that was part of his yes, job, and, and he was welcome to be there. He doesn't get to run it, Scott, I, but he gets to be there. Scott, I, I used to be a youth pastor myself, yeah. and so I remember wanting to reach out to the local schools, but I just couldn't because of my, my position. But if you were to connect with a Christian teacher on campus, that's right, and you want to support whatever organization they're doing, you, there's so many things you can do. And let me just close with this. Just like Matthew 5 and 1 Peter 2, we need to let our good works shine on public schools. Mm-hmm. So if there's a need in the community, like the school, let's say, needs backpacks, or let's say school needs this and that, they will not deny the help offered by the churches. I promise you. That's right. You call the principal and say, our church wants to donate this. We want to help with this. Do you need after-school tutoring? We got some congregants who want to come and help with your math classes or science classes, or like you were talking about, writing. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, math and science will get you into college, but writing will keep you in college. That's and right. many of our kids, like you said, they don't know how to write. Yep. So if the churches were to rise up and say, how can we help and serve you? Then it can create bridges and bonds and connections that you would not have thought of. Yeah. And, and I'm just here to tell you as a public school teacher, it's possible and it's happening, and I see it, but we need it to be, you know, we got to stop playing defense. You know, go on the offense and say, how can we serve you? How can we help That's you? Right. And, and let that be the starting point, as a, you know, from the churches. And the key is to make it really serving. It's not, don't make it a quid Absolutely. pro quo, right? Don't make it, we'll, we'll, we'll paint your church, your school, uh, if you send the kids over to us for something, right? Or if you come to church. Absolutely. You just got to go Have in there and serve. Scholarship. Yeah, have an annual scholarship by your church. We want to donate maybe like $500 for kids who have been serving this much of hours. You know, can we, like something to serve the people. Yes. And let that be the attitude in which you approach public schools yeah. and see how they respond at that point. And you, you know, know what? Even if uh, I've had some experience where they initially respond with some skepticism. But when, yeah, you, yeah. when you show that you're just there to serve and just serve. Absolutely. Just, yes. Then, yes. then they're eventually they start asking you for help because the help that's needed right. in our public schools is desperate because the money is spent everywhere than everywhere else than where it ought to be spent. Um, and so many, so many people are using these like you know like there's a social gap, and so they use it as almost like a class warfare. How awesome it would be if the church was to step into that gap, like in Book of Ezekiel, yeah. and become that person who stands in the gap and say, we want to be the, the best one instrument through which we can serve these folks who are being underserved. That's right. You know? The what church an opportunity can, The that church can do a lot. David, thank you for your call and for, uh, for everything that you're doing, David, in the schools. Keep doing that. And he's right. It's a great mission field. If you want to be a teacher, be a, be a teacher in the schools. It's hard. It's really hard. But there are organizations out there that, that help you. We've had Christian educators uh, on a lot. Uh, ChristianEducators.org, I think, is the website. Um Carol in uh, Van Nuys. Carol in Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Um, my daughter has been a long time wanting me to mention. Um, she has learning disabilities, dyslexia, mm-hmm. auditory processing disorder, and autism. They took her out of regular class and put her in special ed in fourth grade. 
And you're right about a lot of stuff that goes on. She got tired of everything because she wants to know. She wants to learn. And she said, in special ed, they don't really do anything. And she thirsts to learn. She went back in fifth grade because there were some problems. And the kids respected her. That She never cheated. She really worked her butt off to learn what she could. Mm-hmm. In high school, she got tired of the same test. And she asked the lady, why do you keep giving me this test if I can barely try to read it, but I don't understand anything that I'm reading? The lady's just like, it doesn't matter. And my daughter's like, it matters if I can't understand and know what I'm reading. Yeah. And they just don't get it. I mean, these kids, they want to learn. They want to know. Yeah. They're not being really taught. I, I feel I mean, like, Carol, they're, they're, if there was a lot more local involvement from teachers and the staff who actually works at the school, I think they would be able to help people like your daughter and other kids who are struggling with various things and be a lot more flexible. You know how much uh, California spends per student? Carol, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know how much California spends per student in the current budget? They spend almost $24,000 when you consider all the sources together per pupil. So if your class is 25 kids, it's probably about right, maybe a little bigger, a little smaller. That's $600,000 for the classroom. You went pay the teacher a big chunk of that. And then, you know, but how much are you going to pay the teacher, right? Pay the teacher $150,000, $175,000, whatever it is, benefits. Okay, let's just say that it takes up $200,000, $225,000. Those things are expensive. That's a lot of money. That's pretty good pay, but that's what it costs in California. You still have $350,000, $300,000 or $400,000 to spend per classroom. That is the budget that we have. And it is the idea that our kids are struggling so badly and that we can't even paint the walls in some places and we have so many problems. It's not the money. Don't let people tell you it's the money. It's the dis- how we distribute the money is part of it. That's a big deal. All right, I got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. And uh, NBA season starts today. Is that correct? It's tipped off. It's tipped off. It's already going. All right. See, there's a, you know, great thing about sports is there's so many things going on in our world that are kind of nasty and uh, not kind of nasty. They're horrible and really bad things happening. We've been talking so much about that. Sports is a great pastime. That's why it's irritating when uh, when whatever's happening in the world somehow infiltrates your sport. Right. You know, I don't care what the athletes have to, you know, what they think about a lot of stuff. Just play the game. Just play the sport. That's what I want to know. You know, I also would like to say, uh, as I mentioned the last hour, it's good news that the uh, Houston Astros will not be in the World Series. So uh, Texas Rangers eliminated them yesterday. And uh, we can't be, uh, you know, we can be grateful for the uh, cheating Astros uh, have missed the World Series. So uh, those things are good in a world of sports. All right. There we go. Some, some, there's always an Astro fan who sends me some letter, but uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to send you a trash can to bang on. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever get over that. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about the Astros cheating in 2017 in that World Series. Everybody should have. There should have been a penalty. They should have lost the trophy. But I digress. But did we want the trophy that way? 
no, we shouldn't get the trophy. I don't, I don't think they should have, in the 2017 World Series, the Dodgers and Astros, uh, the Astros set up a camera in center field and were stealing signs, and then they were banging on a trash can in the, you know, with Morse code or something in the dugout so that the batters knew what's, what pitches were coming. And they miraculously would hit a home run right at the right time. And uh, that came out a while later. I don't think that they should give the trophy to the Dodgers. You need to earn that. But you can vacate a trophy. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. You could have said, you know what, like the uh, the Chicago White Sox or whatever year that was, the Black Sox gambling scandal, uh, you don't get the trophy. No, they, yeah. they didn't deserve it. And you and you players are out. You guys are. They fired like general managers, and a couple of managers got fired. And that well, was what's it. really bad too is uh, Jose Altuve is like two home runs away from like breaking the record for most home runs in the postseason. Yeah, and you know, I watched him last night, and he hit a he hit a home run in the ninth inning. It was like too little, too late. But I thought yeah. every time he's up to bat, I wonder if somebody's hitting the trash can. Hey, I'm pretty sure you can hear it still. It haunts me. <laughs> you know, and that's probably not fair to that poor guy. He got accused of all kinds of things, like wearing a wire and, uh, you know, all kinds of different things uh, that they wonder about. But anyway, you know, uh, don't cheat. You know, we just have to we just have to have things better um, with all of that. Hey, you know, life continues on. So with other stuff, I just want to remind you, and by the way, this is Pastor Scott Show. You can call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, if you are an Astros fan and you want to send me a grant, you know, email, you can email Pastor Scott at kkla.com. Um, just a, a few updates of things going on. We haven't talked about Israel as much today because there's a lot of other things going on in the world. Um, but it's something that you want to continue praying about and and continue learning about. And on our show, you know, we'll have different things as we go on here. I think this will be a crisis for a long time, but we'll talk more about understanding what's happening over there. You know, when the when Bill Clinton was president and they had, uh, I believe it was called the Oslo Accords, that was a peace plan with Yasser Arafat and uh, looked like it was going to happen. It looked like it was a pretty big deal. You know what the you know what was offered? The proposals in that deal that would have created a Palestinian state, right? Uh, 92% of the West Bank, which is, uh, you know, this is another thing that uh, is important for people to understand what these terms are. West Bank is the western part of the uh, uh, part of Israel uh, west of the Jordan River that Israel occupies. They they took that land over after uh, the war in 1967, which was uh, one of many wars where Israel uh, defended itself against attack. And uh, the Israeli um, um, belief is that they need that to protect them because of the surrounding countries that uh, want to kill them. And so there's a lot of controversy with that, but that would probably be the area of a Palestinian state should a two-state solution ever become a thing. Everybody seems to ignore that Hamas and Hezbollah and these groups don't want a two-state solution. Uh, they just want to destroy Israel, and that's why they rejected. This is what they rejected, by the way, Yasser Arafat and the PLO and that company uh, back in the day. Uh, 92% of the West Bank would be theirs, 100% of the Gaza Strip, where all the controversy is now. Um, and there would be some territorial compensation for Palestinians from the pre-1967 Israeli territory. So they were going to get some territory back. A dismantling of most of the settlements and concentration of the bulk of the settlers inside the 8% of the West Bank. Uh, part of the West Bank would be annexed by Israel, but other land would be given up by Israel. The establishment of the Palestinian capital in East 
East Jerusalem would have been done, in which some Arab neighborhoods would become sovereign Palestinian territory and others would enjoy a functional autonomy, that's in quotes, um, Palestinian sovereignty over half of the old city of Jerusalem, and the Palestinians would have overseen the Muslim and the Christian quarters of that town, and they would have custodianship of uh, the, but not sovereignty, over Temple Mount. That was part of the deal here that was negotiated back in uh, 2000. There would be a, a return of refugees to the prospective Palestinian state uh, with no right of return to Israel proper. The organization uh, by and the organization by the international community of a massive aid program to facilitate their refugees rehabilitation. That was part of the deal. And Arafat said no. And uh, Bill Clinton worked really hard on that. And he the story is that he banged on the table and said to Arafat, you are leading your people in the region to a catastrophe. And uh, the next day, the formal Palestinian rejection of the plan hit the desk. And uh, he's right. It's been there's been almost no progress um, in those areas since then, although in the Trump administration, there was great progress with the Abraham Accords and uh, some other things that uh, we don't have time to get into at the moment, but they're uh, important for all of this. In the meantime, we have a lot of rockets going, a lot of war happening, and a lot of prayers needed. Uh, American bases are being targeted throughout the Middle East. And, uh, you know, one of the concerns is to not expand this war and into something bigger. And hopefully uh, the people in charge are going to do that. That's something else to pray about. Let me uh, let me take a call here. Joni, Johnny in Covina. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, hi there. Hi. Hey, I just wanted to... Um... Uh, just talk about the the kids and their education. Um, when my kids were little, now they're 23 and 25, but um, I volunteered in the classroom a lot. Yeah. And so, Hold on a second. La- in the last segment, kids. we were talking about education in California. So, uh, Joni, go ahead. So, yeah. So, um, a lot of those same teachers are down at their school still, and they were amazing teachers. But, you know, being a volunteer and you're helping those other kids learn how to read. And then, of course, I would read with my kids at home. And uh, I even have a niece that read to her baby while she was still in utero. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kid came out reading. <laughs> right. You know? So it's a, it's a, a lot of it holds to the to the parents. You can't blame everything on the teachers. You can't. You know, like, so anyway, that was just my two cents. Yeah, I just right. was listening to you. I enjoy your show, and thank you for what you do. All right. Thanks for calling. Yeah, we were talking about education before, and it fits into even what's happening in Israel, because that's one of the things that, you know what I think we've seen this. I've seen this in myself. I've done tons of study in the last couple of weeks. How much do we really understand about this territory? And you know what I just read to you of uh, the the deal for a Palestinian state that was rejected. How many of those students I wonder who are protesting today who would have been little kids when that happened? Right? They they would uh, in fact mostly not even born. So that was twenty three years ago. So over the course of their life, much of what they are saying in response to this, what they believe about Palestine in that area is not accurate. It's not true. And I wonder how much, how many of those kids even understand how much work has gone into multiple times of a Palestinian state being offered. I wonder how many people understand that that was offered at the beginning, at the same time that Israel was a state, the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and some other territory that Israel now uh, has would have been a Palestinian state but that the goal is not for these terrorist groups and for different groups to have a second state of Palestine. The written goal is to have no Israel. That's the goal. 
And if you don't understand that, and if you don't understand how much work has gone into from the international community in trying to resolve this problem, every president in their third year, like I say, tries to solve this somehow. Um, if you don't understand that, if you haven't been educated to all of that, you're not going to have a perspective that works. You're not going to have a perspective that makes any sense. And you might find yourself suddenly on the side of Hamas and terrorists and then surprised when you lose your job or your college op- opportunity or when somebody tells you you're anti-Semitic because that's how you've been taught. Education matters, every everybody. Math, reading, and science, yes, but also history, also the hard subjects. They have to be taught. People have to be taught how to think and how to actually look into things for themselves. That is a much bigger topic, but it, it's relevant even for us as believers too because we've got to look into the scriptures. When was the last time and we don't have time to get into this, but we'll do it maybe tomorrow or Thursday, uh, that you've read the Old Testament and all of the stories about the land of Israel and how it got there and all of that stuff. I'll bet that there's a lot of uh, believers who have never read that. Maybe you've been taught it, maybe you haven't. But it is remarkably relevant for what's happening uh, today. And part of that is even our own Christian education. We've got to understand what the Word of God says and that it's not just a book talking about, you know, salvation and spiritual things. It's talking about the spiritual things that are rock solid in in history and in where history is going and the purpose of mankind, why there is an Israel, why there are Hebrews and Jews, why there is, what's the difference with Jews and Gentiles? All of that is in Scripture, and it's rooted in history. There's extra biblical sources, you know, things that aren't in the Bible that that uh, demonstrate all that as well. It's part of why we need to educate ourselves. It helps keep the peace. It really does. I got I to gotta be done for today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. Click subscribe, share it with a friend. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give me a follow now at Pastor Scott Show. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5, everybody. God bless. Have a good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.